Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and I'm joined by Greg for our first weekly look at Scottish football, which kicks off this week in the SPFL. Greg, how's things and how excited are we? Very, very excited. It's been, to be fair, a very quick summer. Norway has kept us entertained, but always good to have Scottish football back, uh, good and proper, after the League Cup group matches. Yeah, we've kind of discussed a little briefly last week in the podcast about the League Cup, um, but this is the real stuff starting on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, spent the last couple of weeks just looking through teams through the leagues, and yeah, no one's wrong at this point in time. <laughs> we'll see how things pan out, but yeah, very, very excited to go across all four leagues, and I think we'll also dip into the Scottish Reserve League. That was announced yesterday. Yep. Hopefully, because we'll play ball and give us markets, uh, despite there only being nine rounds of matches. And Weird. I think the Lowen League could also be a little goal mine in terms of goals. We've got three Premiership B teams in there, Celtic, Rangers and, Hib- and Hearts, sorry. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and joining us as a Scottish football expert and long-suffering St Mirren fan, Div McDonald from Prime Bovril. Great to have you back, Div. How's things? I've never been an expert before, thanks so much. Yes, delighted <laughs> oh, to be back. Um, really very excited for the start of proper football. I think the League Cup's been pretty dismal, especially for, for me and Greg. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the league starting at the weekend. You must be bricking it, Div. No, not at all. I'm kind of used to it, to be honest. Um, I'm kind of, I did have a little bit of enthusiasm punched out of me by what happened over the last couple of weeks. But do you know what? We're at home in the first weekend. That's always good. Um, we've got a really good chance of winning because we're playing Motherwell, who are also crap. So, yeah, excited. Um, and yeah, fully expecting to be despondent again come five o'clock on Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, we'll be on to St Mirren pretty shortly, as you say, they kick off against Smurl. What's your thoughts been on the League Cup so far? Um, do you know what? It's, it's, it's a hard watch. It's it's hard because the teams are pretty much going through pre-season. Um, the smaller teams do seem to be much more adept at coping with that. Um, I think the Premiership teams who have probably had much bigger churn in their squads are really struggling, I think. Um, Albeit only some of them have struggled, but three of them out already is um, is, is, is pretty bad. Um, mm. So, yeah, and at the end of the day, St Mern were very, very poor. Uh, no getting away from it. I don't, I don't buy Stephen Robinson's excuses at all. In fact, I'm slightly terrified by the fact that he thinks we had too much of the ball. <laughs> we're not a sort of team that can cope with that. That was, that was terrifying. So, um, yeah. Uh, I think him and Lee Johnson need to have a wee word of himself. At least Callum Davidson went out with a wee bit of decorum. Yeah. And this season ahead, we've got a lot to look forward to. We've got World Cup coming up uh, in the winter, but we've also got VAR being introduced to Scottish football for the first time as well. Yeah, it's, it should be an absolutely tremendous season for uh, for banter as well as anything else. As you say, the winter break getting used up by the World Cup is brilliant. We've got absolutely tons of games to squeeze in before then. We've then got VAR coming in straight after the, the, the winter break, which is going to be, you just know it's going to be carnage. Um, so there's so much to look forward to. I think the top two in the Premiership look as though they've both strengthened really well in the summer. I think it's going to be a tremendous fight for the title, but I also think there's there's plenty of scope for other teams having good seasons in the top flight as well. So there's loads to look forward to. Yeah, am I right in saying you've promised us at least one 30-1 winner again this season? Well, <laughs> did I mention that I was on here the last time and had a 30-1? Yes, I did have a 30-1 winner. Um, and it's proof that if you throw enough darts, you eventually will hit a bullseye. Um, yeah, so I've got another sort of big Hollywood bet lined up for the opening weekend. Um, and yep, looking forward to getting some tips, uh, hopefully from Greg, who's infinitely better at this game than I am. Yeah, and Greg, you have been on fire this week. What a, what a way to start the season. Yeah, it's been really good. I think last weekend, I think we shared 10 tips on the channel, all 10-1. So currently sitting at 10 in a row, which is great. Um, it's difficult to get 10 in a row at any price, but I think the pleasing thing for me was, I think nine of those bets were all above evens. Yeah. So some really, really good prices. Norway continued to deliver. The last week of the Scottish League Cup was good as well. Um, so it sets us up really nicely uh, moving into August. And I think we're now sitting 32 points profit for July. 
which is tremendous. July is a really good month to us now. This is our third July since we launched the channel, what, two years ago? And we're now sitting at, what, 20 months profit out of 25. So, yeah, really, really pleased how things are going. Yeah, it's good going and we've got the, the bounty of Scottish football coming back this weekend as well. So hopefully there's no stopping us in the next nine, ten months that lie ahead. Yeah, it's full steam ahead now. Scottish football's back. Norway's in full flight halfway through the season. Um, we've got English football coming back as well, along with Serie B and um, Liga 2 in France. So, yes, very, very exciting. Yeah, and we touched on it. Last week we recorded an anti-post podcast with Paul Petrie, so you've already posted uh, your anti-post thoughts, and we covered them in the podcast last week. I know Dev's got a few that he wants to share with us before we get into this week's games. Can you just recap on what you've put your money on before the season starts? Yeah, so it was a really good podcast with Paul again um, last week. Uh, I think Paul's enjoying a vacation to New York, so hello to Paul in New York. I think with Dev as well, I think we obviously top two will be the top two. Nothing new in that respect. I think it will be touch and go all season, and I think it will be a very exciting and close title race. I think the fascinating thing for us will be who's going to be best of the rest. Hearts have strengthened. Aberdeen have absolutely strengthened. Spent a lot of money in the transfer window, and Hibs are Hibs. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what to expect from them at the moment. But I think for me, the value sits with Aberdeen to finish third, which is quite a big call given how well Hearts played last season. But just from a value perspective, I think 92 on Aberdeen to finish third is worth backing. But I guess my main bet of the of the season and post-wise is Livingston. And as I said last week, that's no disrespect to Livingston, but they've got a bad season in them. And I'm hoping that this season <laughs> will be the season they have a bad season. They are 92 to finish second in the bottom two, which again for me is a, is a massive, massive price um, and is worth taking on. Uh, Motherwell to finish bottom six, I think, so absolute banker material. And if anyone's looking for an investment selection or something to double up or something else, I think Motherwell to finish bottom six at four to seven is a great bet. Um, Graham Alexander already under pressure at the moment. Really hope they get a result tomorrow night against um, Sligo Rovers in Ireland. But um, a big couple of weeks for him coming up. And I guess as well, Aberdeen to finish top six at four to nine again looks banker material. And I don't like using the word banker. As we know, there's no such thing. But they two look like both very, very strong selections. And I guess the last one was Bonnie Rig Rose in Division 2, League 2. Quite a tough league this season. But again, 4-1, to one, happy to take that on uh, for them to win League 2. Yeah. Uh, Div, I know you're quite keen on Aberdeen as well this season. But like Greg, you know, you've got a wee bit, I suppose, quite sure Harps respect based on what they did last season as well. Yeah, I, I just, my nagging feeling about Harps is I still think Robbie Nielsen's not as good as, uh, as as last season suggested he was. I think Craig Gordon saved Hearts a lot of times last season and um, eventually his form's going to dip. You know, he can't go on forever. Uh, I think Suter's a massive miss for them as well. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm not massively keen on Hearts at the price that they are to win the league without Rangers and Celtic, but having said that, they have strengthened. I think Shankland's a great signing for them. So it's not really one... Yeah, Aberdeen have got so many new players, it's, it's hard... It's hard to say, but they did look very good. I think I've, I've seen a couple of their games that look really good, albeit against weaker opposition. I think uh, 4.3, I think they are to win the league without Rangers and Celtic. It was, it's, it's decent value, to be honest. Um, but yeah, top six is probably much safer. They'll definitely be top six. And be honest, Dave, do you want to see Aberdeen do well next season? Or would you rather see I'm over that now. I'm not bitter anymore. Um, <laughs> I wish Jim Goodwin all the very best at Aberdeen. Very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, an interesting season ahead for Goodwin because he didn't things didn't go to plan straight away for Goodwin. We're only really basing their, their upturn and fortunes based on what's been what four games in the League Cup, I suppose. Yeah, and this is exactly where we were this time last season. If you remember Aberdeen had a, a an excellent start actually under Stephen Glass, they looked really good at this point. And it was only when I think they went to Wraith Rovers in the last sixteen of the League Cup and blew it that their season just started to implode from there. So We've seen this uh, chapter before, but I mean, you have to say they look on paper as though they've strengthened really well. They've got rid of all the dead wood. 
Um, I, I think I think they look good. They, they do look good this season. They've got plenty of options up top, which is the main thing. Are you um, trying to imply Dave, that uh, Andy Constantine's Deadwood St Johnston? Uh, well, I've also implied <laughs> by definition that Declan Gallagher's also Deadwood. So, <laughs> so we're both in trouble. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think he's done. He's traded well, and they've got a few money, a few uh, quid in the bank as well. Obviously Aberdeen. So I yeah. think. Um, a really good place actually and I, I actually seen today they're talking about getting half a million back in for David Bates which would be exceptional as well so um, Is this the most yeah. amount of money that a Scottish club outside the old firm spent in a, piece, in a transfer window in some time? Oh, it must be yeah they must have spent one and a half million or something like that is it as much as that? Um, yeah I think it's even two possibly if the David Bates stuff comes in yeah um, I know that's coming in the way I'm talking about going out the way so they've, they've, they've spent money on um the Portuguese lad and then Majofsky as well. Uh, Duke and Majofsky, I think, were 800,000 between them. Um, and then they've, they've spent money on the boy from Peterborough, was it, I think. Um, so I think they must have spent over a million anyway. Um, I must admit, they're, they're players I've not heard of, to be fair. I don't know much about the players I've signed. Uh, and that's probably the case across the board, I would say. Some of the players that have been signed by kind of Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen. Uh, so really exciting to see how they, how they fare. No, absolutely. No, definitely. There's been there's been a lot of churn to be fair. There's been a lot of movement this summer, which is always good. Yeah. Um, but I think the work permit rules have kind of ruled out teams from, you know, they're, they're now starting to look at other markets. So like a lot of the Australian players coming in. You've noticed mm-hmm. that across the yeah. league and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're coming from all sorts of places. So, um, it's exciting to see all these new names coming in. It's always exciting at start a new season. So, so there they go. Yeah, so Aberdeen potentially uh, finishing first outside the top two. In terms of that top two, Div, um, are you prepared to wear colours to the mass in terms of who you think will <laughs> win the league? Uh, it's only going to ask you that, actually. I find it really hard. I mean, I think Celtic have probably got, well, they do have more continuity, obviously, with their squad, which I think will be important, especially at the start. Um, I think Rangers have got to hope that their team gels you know, quickly because they've got a lot more new players. It, well, it feels like they've got a lot more new players in, um, but they have the look as though they've traded well. I think I like some of their signings. So it's going to come down to the games between the two for me. It, it really is. I don't see either of them dropping too many points out with the games against each other. Um, if I had a look at the the anti post stuff about both teams to not lose games, I think Celtic are 25 to 1, Rangers are 40 to 1 to go through the whole season unbeaten, which I don't fancy because I think either of them will beat each other, but um, it just shows you that they're so strong, um, it's going to be nip and tuck, so my head says Celtic, but I don't know, you just don't know, It's, it's going to be very, very close, I think it'll go right to the last couple of games this season. Yeah. To be fair, last season too, there's only four points in it, wasn't there? It's not as if there was a, there was a mass um, kind of points gap between the two sides. So you'd probably expect, again, this season to be very, very tight. Yeah, I mean, I think Rangers have probably lost a wee bit more quality in Aribo and Barsi. Not quite sure that they've replaced them just yet. And I suppose, as you say, Div Celtic have consolidated their position. So they're much more of a, a known quantity going into this season. That, that's certainly how it feels um, at the moment. I think you know, getting Jota and Carter Vickers in on permanent deals was good business because you know that they're, they're quality in this league. They, pro- they proved it beyond doubt last season and in Europe. But actually, I thought they'd be Celtic disappointing European campaigns. That they're, they're good enough players to, to, to play in Europe and do well. Um, and I think that they kind of Kyogo coming back and being fully fit is going to be huge for them. You, you saw everybody saw the difference he made in that team last season when he yeah. was fit. And Jack Amakis fitting in as well. Um, once he's, he settled down last season, he was unstoppable. So I think um, there's plenty of goals in that team um, and they're going to take some some stopping, that's for sure. Yeah, and speaking of Jack Amakis, he is one of your star bets before the season starts. Yeah, I, I, I really I thought he finished the season. I mean, everybody saw the way he finished the season. He was on fire. He scored 13 goals in his last 11 games of the season once he kind of got uh, fit and settled and, and was playing every week. So... I think the six to one on offer for him to be top scorer in the league looks really good to me. Um, I mean, if you extrapolate that goal ratio out, thirteen goals in eleven games, you get about forty-four goals a season. And I know he's not going to score that amount. He's not going to play every week because they will rotate the squad and all that sort of stuff. But I still think he's a sort of guy that will score lots and lots of goals in the Premiership. 
Um, the amount of wide ball Celtic get into the box as well. He's he's going to score lots of headers. He's going to score lots of goals. He's just he's just for me the outstanding candidate in that market. I think um, I'm more surprised that a guy from Paisley know what the word extrapolate means. <laughs> I'm I'm surprised. <laughs> I keep telling you that. Um, I also quite like Dyson Maida. I think 15 or more goals at Bet365. I've got a player goals market and. For him to score 15 or more goals is 2-1 to one or 3.0 in my language, which I think is decent value. I think last season was a, a blip when it came to top scorers in Scotland. I think Regan Charles Cook uh, shared it with Jack Marcus, did he? Yeah. Something like yeah. 14 or something like that. So I don't think that will happen again this season. I think we'll have players hitting 20 goals. Um, I don't see any reason why not. Obviously, the, the downside of that bit is your player could break his leg and... <laughs> Be out injured, but uh, I, I do think Jack Amak is great value at six to one to be top scorer. Yeah, I think the problem with this, that Celtic pool of players in those markets is the the rotation that there is going yeah. to be in the squad this season. So, you know, if, if you thought Jack Amakis was first choice striker, then then great. Um, which is why I prefer the other bet that you've got lined up is for him to hit twenty goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, twenty goals for Jack Amakis is three point five, which again for me looks. Looks good value. Um, I, I think if he keeps himself fit anyway, even if he's getting rotated, you know he'll get a couple of hat tricks this season. You absolutely guarantee that against Govins, Lutz, and Johnston. So, um, so that only leaves fourteen more to get. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure he'll get that over the other thirty-six games. And of course, this season we've got VAR being introduced in Scotland. I just wonder how that might affect. Uh, from a betting point of view, what we discuss on the podcast in terms of penalties and cards and so on, um, so it might be worth having a wee look at penalty takers when it comes to the, the goal scorer markets. No, it's a good shout. I think we've all seen that when when VAR comes in, as, at least initially, you get a, a real upsurge in penalties. So it should be great news for Rangers and Celtic because they don't get enough, do they? So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, it's going to be interesting when that comes in to see what happens both with. Red cards, because I always feel there's quite a lot of off-the-ball stuff goes on in Scotland that gets missed. Uh, and I think penalties as well. I mean, we're going to have nothing to talk about once Bar comes in, are we? No, it's going to be terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, we'll summarise those uh, anti-post bets before we finish up this week, but we'll try and get stuck into this week's fixtures. We've got a full card, which is great. We've got four divisions all in action. We've got two games on Sunday as well to take us over the weekend. And normally, guys, I've got a list of notes for each game that we cover on the podcast, but we're pretty much starting with a, a clean sheet this week. There's a few bits and pieces that we've picked up in the week cup. There's transfers we can talk about. But, Greg, this is always one of the hardest weeks of the season. Yeah, I think so. Especially in the in the, in the top leagues, I think it's a little bit easier further down below. We've got League Cup action to kind of give us some sort of gauge in terms of team news and who's doing well. But in terms of the Premiership, I've got at least three games, and I've written down no bet. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I think we, we start the action on Saturday at twelve o'clock at midday yep. at Livingston v Rangers. Um, but I know Div's got a bet for this one, but for me, I've just left this one alone. Yeah, Div, I mean, Lovey's started reasonably well. I know Greg's obviously got them in his book for um, quite a tough season. Wins over Kelty and Cove, which could have been potential banana skins in that League Cup. Win over Albion Rovers, but defeat Timberness Cali Thistle. How do you think they're shaping up? Yeah, I've not been massively impressed with Livingston's dealings in the transfer market. Um, I think they're going to rely an awful lot on Bruce Anderson getting goals again this season because I don't think on Calvis will get that many. He's an absolute head case, as has been proven by the fact he got sent off half an hour into his debut for Livingston. Um, Hmm. But Greg says, like, Livingston are one of these teams, right? They've got to have a bad season at some point, but having said that, you write them off at your peril because... They always just seem to have that team ethic. They always seem to just be able to get wins and go on reruns that keeps them out of trouble. Um, you've got to hand it to them. They've, it's been exceptional what they've achieved uh, on the budget that they've had. Um, and you never want to write them off. But I do think Rangers will beat them uh, on Saturday. Rangers actually, for all Celtic, have struggled a bit against Livingston over the last few years. You couldn't see the same about Rangers. They've, they're unbeaten in the last 14 against yeah. Rangers. They've won the last seven home and away and they've won six of the last seven on the plastic. Um, 
um, the other game being a draw. So Rangers have not had any problem dismissing Livingston, and I think they'll do it again on Saturday. I think they want to come out strong. Um, first game of the season set a marker, and I think they'll do that. I think they'll definitely beat Livingston on Saturday and probably quite comfortably as well. Tell you what, it's not a bad price, two to five. It's not a bad price at all for the opening game of the season for, for Rangers. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, the caveat is Rangers haven't played a competitive game yet, but they have looked good in pre-season. Um, I, I just think they're going to be far too strong, and I think Livingston, to pick up a couple of cards, it's um, Don Robertson, who's in charge, he must have had a really bad summer because he's, he's shown 13 yellows and three reds in his first four games of the season. He's <laughs> <laughs> done to him. So, um, yeah, so I think I've kind of done a bet builder here to squeeze a wee bit more value out the Rangers win by coupling it up with over one and a half Livingston cards which gives you 1.86 and Livingston have had two or more yellows in the last six meetings um, with Rangers they've already had two red cards in the League Cup groups as well so they're not they're not shy of picking up a card and I think that looks pretty solid start to the season for me yeah, I think yeah. last season as well sorry I think last season was the season of the card in the Scottish Premiership uh, there wasn't much quality in show, but my goodness, there was a lot of cards, yeah. a lot of cards last season. And Greg, it would be remiss of me not to mention the Rangers win to nil here. Um, of course. The, the, stats, <laughs> the stats I have to hand go back to the last 10 games, Div, you might be able to extend beyond that, but Livingston have scored once in the last 10 outings against Rangers, uh, and Rangers are 5-4 to four to win to nil on Saturday. It's a nice angle, I must admit, it's a nice angle. Yeah. Okay, so as you say, Greg, that's the early kickoff. That's at lunchtime. Um, we'll go through. I think we've got three, three other games on Saturday. Hearts v Ross County to kick us off. Greg, no Ross, no Regan Charles Cook for Ross County anymore. Uh, but they're still look a massive price at five to one against Hearts. Bear in mind, seven of the last eight meetings between the sides of finished level. Yeah, the, the problem I've got with Ross County is they've had a massive overhaul. They've signed about fifteen players. Ross County. I've got no idea at all how they'll shape up the season. Mm-hmm. They'd, I wouldn't say they had the best Betfred Cup campaign. A couple of disappointing results. I think it's a big ask, though, to probably go to a full house at Tynecastle. Uh, Hearts are 1-2 to to win that match, and I can't really see anything but uh, a Hearts win. It's going to be a difficult task again for Hearts this season because fans' expectations now for Hearts, as always, especially at home, is they should win every game they play. Uh, obviously, even give... Um, the old firm a match at home but there, there will be a Hearts fan that's at this game on Saturday who's not expecting a home win so that can go one of two ways uh, a bouncing uh, time castle if they get an early goal but it can turn quite poisonous as well if the other side are having a good a good day mm-hmm. but I just think 1-2 for Hearts doubled up with Rangers to be fair makes quite a nice 11-10 to double uh, but I just think in this game here uh, I can't see past the Hearts win at 1-2 to Dev? Well, on behalf of Ross County fans listening, Greg, I'm going to have to take you to task on the League Cup campaign because they won three games and drew one and they beat East 5 7 0. That, that, that was in the last one. They drew a bucky. <laughs> they beat the <laughs> So, I don't think it's fair to say in a bad League Cup campaign. St. Merlin St. Johnson had bad League Cup campaigns. <laughs> we'll get to them too shortly, Dave. But I did, I picked up on what you said, Paul. Uh, seven draws in the last eight meetings, these two. But Ross County have actually only uh, lost one of the last seven visits to Tink, so which I thought was remarkable. Um, right. uh, it's it's definitely, a, of course, Hearts should win this game, but Ross County are, they've had their four games. It's Hearts' first game of the season. Um, it's just too hard to call for me, this. I kind of looked at corners, I looked at cards. I think it's David Dickinson. He's got a really low card average, so cards doesn't appeal Corners, it's just a bit of a lottery, isn't it? So for me, it's a no bet. Um, but I, I'm, I don't know. I wouldn't be touching Hearts at one to two in a very, very first game against a team that's at least four games in. Um, that would be my only nagging doubt. I think it's a little bit short for me. Yeah, I know, Greg. If we had Jim Delahunt on the podcast, these are the type of bets that he loves, doesn't he? In the the Premiership. Yeah, it's a, it's a good actor builder, isn't it? Um, I think going across the six games this weekend. Nine of the sides are odds against. So it just shows you as well how difficult it is placing these games up in terms of there's not a lot between the sides. Hearts, Rangers and Celtic, the only three sides odds on. Um, I, I do get this point about Hearts being short. 
at one yeah. and two, but I think they'll just do enough to win this one. Yep, I'm kind of going against that a wee bit. I quite like the 64 on Ross County double chance, but we'll discuss yeah. that next week. <laughs> 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 Another game that looks quite tough to call is Kilmarnock v Dundee United. Obviously, that signals the return of Derek McInnes to the Premiership, but also we've got Jack Ross at the helm, Div uh, of Dundee United. Uh, what can we realistically expect from Dundee United this season? A fourth place finish last year, new manager in place. Um, it's a I was not to say it's a tough gig for Jack Ross, but he's going to do well to emulate what they did last season. No, totally. I mean, obviously, I'm a bit of a Jack Ross fanboy. I absolutely love him for, for what he did with St. Man. Um, I think he's, I, I don't really, I've never understood the, the Hibs fans that said he, he didn't play good football because when he was at St. Man, he played tremendous football, albeit it was in, in the league below. Um, I, I think Dundee United fans are, are going to be difficult to appease because they, they weren't happy last season, even when they finished fourth. They didn't seem that bothered to see Tam Cox go, even though he did get them fourth. It was an exceptional season, let's be fair. There were so many bad teams in the league. Um, but still an incredible achievement for them to finish fourth. And as you say, I don't see any chance of Jack Ross repeating that this season. But I think he started recruiting well. I think Fletcher's a good signing. I think Levitt was an exceptional bit of business to get him. And I do like Craig Sybil. That's just a signing Jack Ross will get get something extra out of and the goalkeeper seems reasonably well rated um, albeit Seagrass will be a loss yeah. so I think they've started their recruitment pretty well but they're, they're going to need three or four more in for me uh, if they're going to have a good season um, I think it's too early at the moment to tell with Dundee United because they do still have quite a lot of recruitment to do In Divot Rugby Park we have the very attractive combination of Willie Collum and Alan Power I thought you were going to say and the plastic pitch as well, but uh, yeah, Alan Power's back at Kilmarnock, so uh, always always good for a card, isn't he? Uh, especially with Willie's about. Uh, albeit Willie's more a red card man than a, than a yellow. <laughs> Much prefers just showing people a straight red. Yeah, and the odd penalty. Uh, Greg, any angle for you in this one? No bet. Okay. Uh, simply what I've got written down on my notes. But yeah, I can't disagree with Div. I think it's far too early to, to work out how these two will fare. Dundee United need reinforcements. They've got a pretty solid starting eleven. They have recruited well, but they do need some additional people in. Kilmarnock promoted last season, huffed and puffed their way to the Championship, got the job done. They do have a good manager, Derek McInnes. I think they'll be okay this season, Kilmarnock. I think they'll do enough to, to stay clear of the bottom two or three places, but from a betting perspective, uh, I'll be waiting to see how these two fare in the first couple of games before getting involved. Yeah, I'll just uh, check Alan Power. He is two to one to be booked on Saturday to mark his return with a with a card. You heard That's it here not first. A bad yeah. Not a bad place at all. Okay, so Greg, you heading to St Johnston Saturday for the visit of Hibs? I am actually. Um, well, say unfortunately, I fortunately missed out on all of the um, League Cup matches. Uh, through work and having the kids and stuff like that so this would be my first game of the season so a clean slate, the League Cup is over and it's all about league business uh, it's, it's quite funny actually, think about a year ago today we were the League Cup and Scottish Cup holders, Yep. we'd just drawn away to Galatasaray, the Turkish Giants life was good then it all went a bit pear-shaped yeah. <laughs> yeah. a year down the line we sold our two best players and we struggled badly last season. Uh, Dundee keeping us in the league just through how bad they were and we had to stay up through uh, quite a comfortable playoff victory in the end against Inverness. But yes, I'll tell you what, the fans aren't happy with Callum Davison still. He's brought in some new players. We brought in Jamie Murphy, Andy Constantine, Graham Carey, Adam Montgomery from Celtic. We finally got a goalkeeper yesterday. I think he was our 16th choice goalkeeper we've looked at <laughs> over the summer. Um, fortunately, Dan Cleary's gone back to Ireland uh, due to family reasons, so I uh, really sorry to hear that and I wish him and his family all the best. But I think this game, I don't think he can back us at home 2-1. Our home form last season was diabolical. We scored 24 goals last season. 24 goals in 38 games. There in turn lies the problem. Yeah. No striker, no goals. Where do you get your points from? Don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the Hibs are in any great shape at the moment, but they did beat Norwich at the weekend, so that might give them a bit of hope going into the new season. Um, Hibs is 
League Cup campaign started off very well. I'm, I'm still kind of smart on my hips after the failed to score a second half goal against Clyde. <laughs> I'm going to mention that probably on every podcast this season. It still really irks me. They then lost to Falkirk, which is a bit of a surprise. They, they comfortably beat uh, Bonnie and Rose 4-1, but they are unexpectedly left uh, a 1-1 draw against Morton to be knocked out, then got deducted three points as such for playing an ineligible player. So not been a great start for Hibs. I just feel though in this match, Hibs can come to Perth and not lose the game. I'm not saying Saints will lose the game, but I don't think Hibs will lose the match either. So from a betting perspective, I'm really keen on Hibs double chance. I think Hibs are good for a corner and I think they'll get at least four corners on Saturday and there will be at least one match goal. And that for me is a pretty tasty twenty-three to twenty bet builder. Yep, I suppose you're then implying that St Johnson might actually score. I didn't say that. No, don't okay. Don't get, that don't wouldn't get, go as bad as that. <laughs> yeah, up, well, yeah. who's going to score goals for us? That, that's the problem we've got. Uh, we still need to get a striker in uh, before the transfer season uh, ends. We've got plenty of defenders, plenty of midfielders, but in, in attack it really is powder puff. And that's probably why most people will have us struggling at the bottom end of the, se- of the league table this season. And at the moment, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Yeah. yeah. OK, Div, I don't suppose you're disagreeing too much with Greg's assessment on St Johnston and Hibs at the moment? No, not at all. I think for me, as an outsider, the two outstanding players for St Johnston last season were Xander Clark and Callum Hendry, and they've both left. So mm. that's not a great start. Um, I think I read today that is Gordon's going to be out for a while. Is that right, Greg? I think he's maybe injured as well. So yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. And sorry, Sean Rooney as well. Uh, how can I forget him? He's also away. So I just I don't really get his recruitment. I know he's going for experience and all that, but I don't I don't fancy many of the players he's brought in. I do like Graham Carey, but apart from that. I'm not digging it at all. I think St Johnston will get relegated this season. I'm going to be honest. I absolutely do. I think Davidson will be gone before Christmas. Um, the party's over for me. Sorry, Greg. But... No, I can't disagree with that. I think um, November, October time will be the likely time that something has to give. Because fans are they're just waiting for another defeat. They're all over Callum Davidson at the moment. Fans are not happy with the recruitment. They're not happy with Callum Davidson. And um, he's lost the fans, basically, I would say. Well, so yeah, that'll, that'll be, that'll be fine. See when Tommy Wright returns in December. That will <laughs> still be enough time for him to keep his up. Be uh, fine. But yeah, I did notice there's not really much love, love lost between these two teams. St. Johnson got two yellows, three yellows, two yellows and a red, and two yellows and a red against the Hibs last season. So I'm expecting more of the same. Yeah, Saturday. I think that's because we beat them in the Scottish Cup final, Div, and the League yeah. Cup final, you know, so that's probably why. Yeah, <laughs> you, you, you and Anderson's the ref for this, and he's, he's only had one game, but he did manage to show six yellows in it. So my my bet for this is Hibs to score a goal and over one cards uh, for St. Johnson, and that's 2.05 um, in my money. Yeah, it was a good show. It's quite remarkable. It's the first game of the season, and if any manager loses this game, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. <laughs> We're only in, in the 30th of July. <laughs> yeah, we touched on that last week, Greg, didn't we, on the podcast? Callum Davidson's 13-8 to eight to be the first to leave his post. Yeah, I think there's a few. I think we recorded the podcast before Motherwell lost at home to Sligo Rovers. So I think you can include Graham Alexander in that pot of managers who could be uh, under a bit of pressure. Yeah. Yeah, which leads us nicely on to Sunday's game. Motherwell visit St Mirren. Div and Alexander is actually 72 second favourite to lose his job. Obviously, they've got the trip to Sligo Rovers on Thursday, which they're going to have to turn around a 1-0 home defeat. Um, does that leave you feeling more confident or less confident? Um, I'm more confident because they are playing uh, tomorrow and I think it's a huge game for them. In, in lots of different ways, um, you know, especially going into a goal behind, they've really got to go for it. Um, um, Sligo, I thought, looked pretty good last week. I watched the game. I thought Motherwell actually weren't that bad first half, but I thought second half they were they were terrible. They were absolutely dire. Um, but you know, it's it's one of those. It's it's, it's a, a a real pressure game, as we just said, for the two managers, same as it in Perth. 
Stephen Robinson can't afford to lose it, and I don't think Graham Alexander can afford to lose it. And it's absolutely absurd saying that in the first game of the season, but you've got to, you've got to be fair and say that both these managers came in on the back of pretty honking runs towards the end of last season. Um, I think Alexander was saved by the fact that he got Motherwell into Europe um, yeah. on the back of a very good uh, first half of the campaign, but the second half was atrocious. Um, and I'm uh, not three sure. wins, Dev. Three wins, Dev, in 25 games yeah, and, in 2022. And I'm not buying their recruitment uh, this season. I think Paul McGinn and Blair Spittle are both solid, absolutely. And I think the boy Josh Morris looked fairly lively, but I'm not seeing where the goals are coming from. For both of the teams, I don't think Simon will score many goals this season either. Um, I think that's going to be the killer for, for teams like St. Man, Motherwell, St. Johnson. They just don't, ain't going to score enough goals. Um, so, yeah, so I'm building this up to an absolute classic, haven't I? But yeah, I'm, I'm still confident because we're at home and because Motherwell have got a game on Thursday. I think um, we've got to, we've got to win this game at home. We've absolutely got to win it and hopefully we will. But I won't be putting any money on it, that's for sure. I think Thursday night's game in Europe for Motherwell will be really telling. If they can get a positive result on Thursday Motherwell, then yeah, it's definitely left alone. But if Motherwell lose tomorrow night, then... St Mirren possibly could be worth backing but as they've said it's probably best left alone yeah. yeah we've also got no Brophy again Brophy won't play on sun, Sunday sorry and Curtis Main won't play I know I've half slagged Curtis Main a few times on this podcast you he have did finish, I remember that he did finish the season really well for us and without both of those players um, Ayunga scored a few goals in uh, the League Cup to be fair so he'll probably play but I just can't see where we're going to score goals I really can't um, and that's going to be a problem so um, yeah I kind of looked at this game Motherwell unbeaten in the last seven visits to Paisley to be fair albeit four of them have been draws um, it's it's been a reasonable hunting ground for them um, I, don't, I couldn't even tell you an angle in this game apart from maybe cards or corners but there certainly won't be many goals in it Cue that 4-4 thriller. <laughs> yeah, I think the best angle here is just to leave it alone. There's there's lots happening across Scottish football this weekend. This is a match you're just best left leaving alone. Yeah, and last but not least, on Sunday we've got Celtic who unfurl their flag against Aberdeen. Half-four kick-off Sunday afternoon. It could be quite interesting to see how Celtic shape up. I think talk is that Ange Postacoglu has slightly tweaked formation a wee bit. Um, it's led to plenty of goals in the pre-season games. The last five games have seen them score 13, but also concede 11. So that'll be quite interesting to, to see how that develops. Um, Aberdeen, as we touched on, pretty solid start to the League Cup campaign, sailed through the groups. But I suppose this is their first real test, Greg. It really is. And to be fair, it's probably not a bad time to be going to play Celtic. I know it's it's at Celtic Park and they're unfurling the, the championship uh, flag. But Aberdeen have had a really good pre-season, they've had a really good League Cup campaign uh, four queen sheets they scored 12 goals, spent a bit of money it's a free hit for them on Sunday, nobody's really expecting them to go to Celtic Park and get anything I think Celtic are 3-10 to 10 to win the match, which is probably the biggest they'll be this season, Celtic, in this sort of fixture early on in the season Aberdeen 8-1, to 1. and to your point about Celtic maybe tweaking formations and tactics, if it's leaving them a little bit open, that suits my bet even more so. I just think, looking at the corner market here, Aberdeen, 8-11 to 11 to get three corners on Sunday, and 13-8 to eight to get four corners or more. I think it's worth a little nibble, uh, and I'll be back in Aberdeen to get over 3.5 match corners at 13-8. to eight. Yeah, that's a bet. It's served you quite well last season. Yeah, it's, always a, it's a market I've liked for a few seasons now, especially when you've got a team um, who are not expecting to get anything from the, from the match, but more than capable of uh, getting a few corners. I think Norway this season, I think our good friends Christiansen, who are currently in action at the moment, bottom of the league, um, similar to that sort of thing. You can lose matches but still get corners. So I think Aberdeen, they'll be full of confidence going into this match. Really good pre-season. Nothing if nothing if you in terms of nothing, there's there's no real pressure on them for this game. I'd be very keen to see how Aberdeen perform on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Dev Corners is an angle that we've touched on quite a few times on the podcast before with Celtic. Oh, absolutely, especially at home. In fact, home or away, but particularly at home, they're a corner machine, and I don't see that changing. Especially, I think Aberdeen will go there, and albeit they will be confident, they'll also not want to take a good shoe, and so I think they'll sit 
deep, um, try and frustrate Celtic, try and frustrate the crowd. And I think if they can do that, they're going to have to sit really deep and, and probably concede quite a lot of corners because of the width Celtic have. Um, and so I think over seven Celtic corners is, is a reasonable line. And I think if you pair that up with, I think that's 1.83, if you pair it up with Celtic to score in the game, you get it to a nice 2.05, which I think is a decent uh, opening weekend price uh, because I don't think you'll get that many times at Celtic Park this season. No, and it's definitely a bet, you know, similar bet that we've cashed in on last season, Greg. Um, I quite like the the first half corner bets and the odds available on Celtic this Saturday. I well, caught a bit of Celtic v Blackburn. I think they got eight first half corners against Blackburn when they were pretty yeah. much at full strength. Um, pretty much. So, sorry, I was going to say that's that's been a market that's been good last season as well. It really was. I, I think we were kind of quick to get on the Celtic corner strain last season. I think the bookies took a long time to work it out. <laughs> Celtic hitting double figures in every home game, but the markets like first half corners. The bookies have got less of a play on that, I would say. So you're still getting some decent value on Celtic getting four first half corners, for example. Yeah, so the line maybe set a little bit higher this season. It's ten to eleven for four first half corners, which I think is a great. That's bet. a great. Bet. I, I agree. Yeah. That's a great yeah. Yeah. Bet. Yep. yeah, seventy-four for five or more in the first half, and uh, you know might have a wee bit of that as well. Okay, so a couple of corners angles for you guys in that game as well. We'll recap all these bets at the end of the podcast, but we're going to have a wee look in the lower leagues. Uh, Greg, you said before we started recording that as much as the the Premiership looked quite difficult this weekend, so does the Championship. Oh my goodness, I've written in my notes, tough, very tough. <laughs> um, again, I think most of the teams are odds against, I think match of the day comes from Dens, we're Dundee are playing Patrick Thistle. In terms of the and post stuff for that league, Dundee are obviously favourites, but I wouldn't say it's a league um, roaming with lots of good teams. I think Inverness and Thistle will probably be the main challenges to Dundee in that league fully expecting Arbroath just to drop off a little bit, there's not a chance Arbroath will be anywhere near last season's exploits, not a chance they will maybe try and get into the playoffs Arbroath. Not having that Dev? No I'm not having that, no I think Arbroath, I mean, 12 points in the League Cup campaign, even beating high flying St Mary <laughs> away from home <laughs> no, I, I think Arbroath will do okay I, 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 this league though, man, this league's going to be tough, it's going yeah. to be a uh, very, I don't think it's a league we'll look at that often, to be fair. I think teams like Morton could struggle. Hamilton could struggle. Queen's Park are a bit of an unknown at the moment. Um, but I think Thistle and Dundee, when, when they're at home, could be worth getting involved in. Cove, again, they've only got about 16, 17 players. They've put our beloved Rory McAllister on the transfer market. No, Who knows where he'll, he'll end up. Wraith <laughs> Rovers also looking like they're struggling for bodies. Uh, Christoph Berra's retired today, which I thought was a bit of a strange move to do pre-season and retire three days before the season starts. There'll be reasons behind that. But from a betting perspective, the Championship looks like an absolute bomb scare. It really, yeah. really does. Uh, two new teams in Queen's Park and Cove. And yeah, I, th- I think the top four is going to be Dundee, Thistle, Inverness and Arbroath. But I don't think this weekend's result, uh, fixtures are that appealing. Inverness at home to Queen's Park, quite short. Hamilton, Evans at home to Morton. They, although they got a decent 1-1 draw at Hibs, they had a couple of pretty poor results in the League Cup. Um, Covey race, difficult to call. Arbroath for air. Good luck calling that one. I'm not doing a very good job of promoting the Championship in terms of a betting angle, but very, very difficult. Yeah. David, you get any strong opinions on the Championship in terms of how that might shape up? I think Dundee, Dundee will probably win it. Um, I think they've had a good uh, pre-season and looking good shape under Gary Boyer. Um, I think Inverness and Partick will probably push them. I don't really see any other challengers out, outside of that, to be honest with you. Um, are both, I think, will be playoffs again. Um, and then down at the bottom, you've got to think here and Morton, maybe even Cove could struggle. Um, uh but it's very, very tough to call. Very tough to call. Really, really hard league. Which is why my Hollywood bet for the weekend is three draws in the championship. Wow. I bet that served me very well last season, as you may remember, <laughs> gentlemen. Yeah, so what have you what ones have you gone for? 
Well, I think Cove Wraith. I guess. Yes, sorry, on the road. Yes. Uh, Cove Wraith. <laughs> Cove Wraith, yes. You have a free hit on that one. Hamilton Morton. Yes. Erarbroth. I went for Inverness and Queen's Park rather than Ayrna Broth because uh, Queen's Park are the perennial draw experts Indeed, as we yes. saw last season. So, yeah. But I honestly think you could almost pair them any three from four in that league. I think Dundee Party, because they're at home, I do think Dundee are a reasonable price at evens. But this will have strengthened well. I think they've traded well this season, the close season. So I wouldn't be necessarily touching Dundee so honestly I think any you can pay me any three from five will be a draw there uh, and you'll have a good chance but I think Cove Cove Wraith Hamilton Morton Inverness Queen's Park 37 to 1 ladies and gentlemen oh. <laughs> if this comes in Dave you're not getting what, the worth, a, worth a couple of quid <laughs> worth a couple of quid we will uh, have a quid on that yeah all joking aside though I think it's, it's a really good angle I think the championship for draws last season um, there was a lot of draws last season in the championship, and again this season it looks very very tight. There's probably not a lot between the sides. I think we're really hoping that Dundee, Thistle, Inverness come onto a good campaign, and you can back them away to your Mortons, away to your Hamiltons, and at home to those teams as well. But other than that, it's going to be very very tricky. So nothing for you in the championship uh, opening weekend of the season. I would just leave it alone. I really, really would. There's nothing in there at all this weekend that gets getting me excited. Okay. But you do, do you have something in League One? No. Yes, just League One. That's what's still happening. happening. Yeah. League okay. One, Let's there's all the action is. <laughs> Let's see it. So, League One is probably the most, I would say, one of the most fascinating leagues this season in terms of who you've got in that league. Um, Devil back me up here. To have Don Freeman and Falkirk in that league is a shambles. It's an absolute disgrace. Those both those clubs are in that league. Uh, both very very well supported. Both had really tough times. Dunfermline last season getting relegated with that with that squad and that team. Um, it was no surprise John Hughes was left, was sacked, resigned, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Falkirk have had a horrible couple of seasons in League One, difficultly to get out of. But I think it's going to be a great league. I think because you've got Dunfermline, Falkirk. Queen of the South, I think, will do decent in that league. Kelty, a bit unknown. You've then got probably two or three sides who you think will be trying to challenge a playoff spot, and that will be kind of Aloha, Montrose, Airdrie have lost a manager to obviously Therese Rovers, lost Dylan Easton, so I think they're weakened. And then you've got what I would see being three whipping boys. Peterhead are going to get pumped every week. <laughs> um, I don't. So I, I think Jim McAnally been there for what, 12, 13 seasons. I think oh. he could be one to go, uh, depending on how Peter Head got on. They've had a horrible campaign so far, struggling to attract players. Uh, Clyde, no longer at Broadwood. Where are they playing now? New Douglas Park, is it? Yeah, that's right, yep. I think and so. Ed- Edinburgh City promoted last season as well. So I think you're going to have a couple of probably teams are going to concede a lot of goals. I'm, I'm fully expecting Peter Head and Clyde to have real struggles, especially if Dunfermline and Falkirk uh, get their act together. But in terms of opening day of the season, quite a few tasty games, to be fair. You've got Falkirk at home to Montrose. Now, Falkirk had an excellent campaign in the League Cup. They've qualified. Uh, John McGlynn's in there, who you have to say is a really shrewd appointment by Falkirk, uh, who left Wraith last season. They are 10-11 to 11 to win this one, Falkirk, uh, which I think is not a, not a bad shout at all. Dunfermline at home to Alloa as well. Quite a decent shout. I think they did play last week in the League Cup and it finished 1-1. Aloha will be a tough nut to crack, I think, in this one. I'm going to leave this one, this, this match out. But Peterhead are struggling massively, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, what were they? Four games played, four defeats, 13 goals conceded without scoring. Yeah, I think they're going to. I think they're, they're destined to finish bottom of this league. Um, and they're at home to Airdrie on the opening day of the season on Saturday. Airdrie, just a shade below evens. Uh, I don't think Airdrie will be as strong as last season. I must admit, I do feel sorry for Airdrie. They finished 21 points ahead of Queen's Park last season and didn't go up. They lost in the playoff match to Queen's Park. I think that's their chance gone of promotion automatically. Uh, I think it's definitely a two-horse race between Dunfermline and Falkirk, and I think the betting would state that. Although Falkirk were very, very big in terms of the amp post, the start of the season, as big as four to one, I think. Uh, be backed into five to two now. But I think Airdrie, away to Peter Head's a good shout for this weekend. 
And I also like the look of Falkirk at home to Montrose. And there's a bit of even money available on Airdrie at SBK. Greg, eh, Falkirk, who are 10 to 11 at Bet365, are actually 11 to 10 at SBK as well. So it just shows if you shop around, there's a bit more value to be had. Yeah, absolutely. I think for opening day of the season, you, you tend to find you get decent prices. But that would be, be my take on, on match day one. Anything catching your eye in League One no opening day, Div? Yeah, I had a quick look and I kind of agree with Greg. I think Falkirk a good price at home to Montrose who have had a bit of a disappointing start to the season given how well they've played in the last few few uh, campaigns. Falkirk look good. I think John McGlynn's a great appointment for them, exactly what they needed. Um, Airdrie, uh, Peter Head, obviously, as Greg said. Peter Head look a real mess at the moment. Uh, quite fancy Queen of the South at home to Clyde as well. Queen's have had a good uh, League Cup campaign. Clyde are a funny team, but... I do fancy. I think all three of them together uh, just pays under just under five to one. I think um, so. I think that's a reasonable treble um, if you're looking for a bit of value in League One. Okay, we'll move on to League Two. We've touched on Bonnie Rose already, Greg. Um, they are, I suppose, a bit of an unknown quantity getting into Week One of the season, and they are a decent price at two to one at home to Forfa. They are. I got a text from Dev. I think on Monday he was um, flabbergasted at the price of Bonnie Rose. Uh, for Saturday, three to one at that point, at home to Forfar. Forfar were even money at that point. They've drifted out a little bit. Bonnie Rig backed into two to one now. To be fair, I think it's a very very tough league this one. Unlike the last two seasons where you had money bags Kelty and money bags Cove cruising to this league, I don't think that's going to be the case this season. I think realistically, you could probably say there's three or four clubs who will be in with a real shout of promotion. Bonnie Rig for me are definitely one of those sides. They have acquitted themselves really well so far in the League Cup campaign. Some really good results. They've competed in all four matches. Uh, there's probably another two or three sides you could call out. Stenhouse Muir, Forfar, Annan for one. We'll touch upon Annan shortly. They've had a great campaign, Annan. Uh, what, the first League Two side to qualify for the League Cup group? Tremendous. Yep. So many years, I think. So, yes, yeah, again, another competitive league, this one. But I think Bonnie Rigg do look a decent price at home to Forfar on Saturday and I think it's a match that Div likes to look of No absolutely I, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw Bonnie Rig as big as this I mean Forfa for all Forfa they were decent enough last season they conceded 14 goals in their four League Cup games um, and Bonnie Rig scored in all four of their games including at home to Hibs uh, they drew with Falkirk they beat Clyde you know obviously in the league above away from home so I don't really get the price here at all I think in front of what's sure to be a big crowd a bumper Day for them, their first home game in the in, in League Two. I think they can beat Forfa, and I think two two to one's an exceptional uh, price. Uh, I've kind of learned from from Greg that I, I shouldn't get too carried away, so I kind of tempered my expectation with a bet builder of Bonnie Rig to score and Bonnie Rig double chance, which pays four to five. But I'm still going to have a bet on the, the two to one <laughs> because it's magnificent. <laughs> Just can't resist that. Did you get any? Did you get any of the three to one? Uh, no, I did not. No, I've not really put my bets on yet. I wanted to wait until we'd had our call and pick a wee couple of tips up from you guys as well. So, because uh, it's the start of the PNB treble this weekend as well, and I got oh, serious stuff. Last, yeah, serious last, stuff. Last last season, so I've got to, uh, I've got to really um, do do bet a lot better this season. Indeed. Okay, so what's your angle there then, Bonnie Rig to Bonnie Rig to score and Bonnie Rig double chance, which is four to five, one point eight. Yeah, and Greg, you touched on Annan, an absolutely tremendous performance in the League Cup from them. Um, they have been awarded, I think, a tie against Aberdeen in the last 16, is that right? Yeah, away to Aberdeen, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so they are away to Stranraer. Always a, a tough trip for anyone to make that trip to Stranraer uh, on Saturday, but you fancy them to get the season off with a win? I think you have to. Obviously, no one's played in, in the league football yet, and you are basing this off on how sides have performed in the League Cup. It's all we've got to work with. But that, that said, Annan were fantastic in the League Cup, unbeaten in their four games. Uh, a draw in Perth, uh, they drew with Ayr, and they had a really good win at Queen of the South to win 3-2, and they hammered Elgin 4-0. So really, really solid start to the season, full of confidence, and they're playing a side who couldn't be any further away from that. Stranraer have been a shambles this season so far. Played four, lost four, pumped in all four, 16 goals conceded for Stranraer. And when you look at that, take that into account, Annan are 7-4 to to win this match. 
too big for me. I have to get involved in that. And I also like the look of Aaron to score two or more goals at eight to five. So don't get me wrong, it is a league opener. It might not pan out that way, but given how Aaron have started the season and how poor Stranraer have been, you cannot not get involved in Aaron at those prices. Yeah, there's no 74 available now. Greg, it's 21 to 20 or thereabouts for Annan. Yeah, that, that probably was back to my point about members getting the early value. I think mm. last week I tipped Aberdeen to beat Wraith Rovers on the Wednesday at 11 to 10. Now, that was a, that was a mental price, yeah, 11 to 10. Yeah. They went off at 1 to 3. And I think we got the same as Stirling and Albion at home to Peterhead. They were 11 to 8 on the Thursday evening, Friday morning, and went off at 4 to 5. So not a 74 anymore, as you say. They're now into just above evens. But for members on the channel, they got 74 and 8 to 5. Definitely worth backing. And I still think at those prices that shortened, they're still worth backing. Yeah, yeah. And they'll be absolutely buzzing after that League Cup run, won't they? They will. For a Division 2 seed side to get through to the next stages, when you're playing against the big guns like St. Johnson, for example, it's always <laughs> good to get through uh, to the next round. And they're unbeaten in four games, so... There's, there's nothing for me here to suggest that Annan can't go and get a really positive result to kick off the season. Yeah. OK, you also like to look at Stenhouse-Muir, who will still be Rovers on Saturday. I do. Stenhouse are one of these sides who every season seem to have a complete overhaul in their t- playing staff. I think they must have lost about 16 players. I brought in 16 players this season. They've had a pretty decent campaign so far. Certainly not disgraced in their League Cup campaign. Uh, they managed to come up with two wins in those matches. I like the recruitment's been pretty good. I think Craig Bryson's a really good coup for them in Division 2 to have some of his experience. Obviously, played for St Johnston the last season. Aberdeen was a bit of a derby hero. To get his experience at that level will be great for them. And I think everyone's touting Stenhouse Muir to have a really good season this year. And I'm all aboard the Stenny train. And I think 11 to 10. First Denhouse Muir to get the season off to a win against an Albion Rover side who well, probably have the lowest budget in the league, paying players pennies. I don't think they've done much in terms of recruitment. It's going to be another hard season, I think, for, for Albion Rovers, but more than happy with Stenny at home to take them on at 11 to 10. Yeah. Div, anything catch your eye apart from Bonnie Rig in League Two? Uh, no, I think Sterling had a, a reasonable League Cup campaign. I think they're they're worth a watching. I don't necessarily won't be touching my weight than Barton, but I think they did have a reasonable League Cup and they look as though they're they're going to have a reasonably strong season. I think Annan, as Greg said, they looked they had an exceptional League Cup campaign. Absolutely tremendous to win the league uh, in the group stages. So fair play to them for that. But I think yeah, Bonnie Bonnie Rigg, they're going to be my team this season up the up the rows or whatever they're called. So <laughs> yeah, uh, like two to one. What a start of the season that's going to be when they thrash for for. Yep, and just on that uh, Stirling game against Dumbarton, they played each other in the League Cup at Dumbarton, Stirling winning that one 2-1, so 12-5 might not be the worst shout on Saturday. Yes, absolutely. Uh, go on, Davinos. <laughs> OK, I think that's us covered everything in, uh, in Scotland this weekend. Of course, we have a few anti-post bets as well. So can you guys just give us a wee recap on your best bets this weekend, starting with yourself, Greg? Yeah, so starting in League 2, we've got Annan to beat Stranraer, was 7-4, now just above evens, and also got Allen to score two or more. That was 8-5, to five, and I think that's even money now. Also in League 2, I'm taking Stenhouse-Muir to beat Albion Rovers at 11-10. to 10. And moving into the Scottish Premiership, I've got two bets from the opening day. I have got Hibs double chance, Hibs over 3.5 corners, and a goal in the match in their trip to St Johnston. And that pays 23 to 20. And in Sunday, I'm taking Aberdeen at Celtic to get over 3.5 match corners at 13 to 8 with Brett 365. Good stuff. And Div? Okay, yeah. So I've gone for three bet builders in the Premiership this weekend, all on Bet365. So Rangers to win and over 1.5 Livingston cards. Excuse me, I'll, I'll be quoting decimal prices as 1.86. St. Johnson v. Hibbs. Hibs to score and over one cards for St Johnson's 2.05. And on Sunday, Celtic, a bit builder, over seven Celtic corners with over zero Celtic goals, also 2.05. And then in League Two, 
Bonirig to score, another bit builder, Bonirig to score and Bonirig double chance, 1.8. And then, of course, my Hollywood bet builder, not bet builder, my Hollywood treble in the championship, three draws, Cove v Wraith, Hamilton v Morton, Inverness v Queen's Park, 37-1, fill your boots, get the beers in. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, Dale, it's got a great chance. It's got a great chance. It's got a chance, I think. Uh, <laughs> draws have never got a great chance, have they? But it's got a chance. And can you remind us of your anti-post specials as well? Anti-post uh, was Jack Amakis, uh, your choice. 20 or more goals, 3.50, or top scorer in the Premiership, 7.061. Yeah, and for what it's worth, my bet of the weekend is over three Celtic corners in the first half at 10 to 11, and I'll also be having a wee bit of over four Celtic corners in the first half at 74. So good luck with both your selections, guys. Um that's us for this week's podcast. Don't forget you can follow the guys on Twitter at Browning84Greg and at Pie and Bov. And of course, if you want to get involved in more Scottish football chat, then you should join the forums at pieandbovro.com. And if you want more tips like these, then join Greg's Telegram channel where you can get 12 months for the price of nine this week with a special season ticket offer, Greg. And uh, people should check out your Twitter feed for all the details. Yeah, we've done that the last couple of seasons. Uh, season tickets done really, really well in terms of the end profit at the end of the season and must admit I've been overwhelmed and humbled by the response so far. Lots of people taking up the offer and lots of existing members um, renewing last season's season tickets so yeah give it a shot. Yeah it's a great deal, it's getting you 25% off if you sign up to the season ticket uh, lock in for the year which is great. Okay that's us, thank you very much for listening this week and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Cheers guys and good luck. Cheers thank you.